Welcome to Teen Wealth Radio, a show just for teens, their parents, and educators to come together and discuss the issues that are affecting our youth today. Your host is Brandy England. Brandy is joined each week by amazing guests, as well as a regular panel of co-hosts who are here to give you ideas and encouragement every step of the way. We also have plenty of other surprises on today's show. So let's get started. Here's your host, Brandy England. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. I'm so glad you've uh, tuned in today. Uh, we do have Kevin all the way from Australia, my co-host, calling in. Hey, Kev, how's it going? Woo! <laughs> Finally. Hey, how are you, Brandy? Really, really good. You've, we've had a couple of great weeks uh, with some great guests. We did miss you, though. I know you've been busy traveling all over the world uh, doing your, your fitness stuff, and, and uh, we're happy to have you back. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, actually, last week I was sick as a dog, so I didn't think anybody wanted to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we appreciate but, that, love. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, we have a really neat guest on, and I know, Kev, this is going to come as a little bit of a surprise to you because you've been so busy, but um, his name is Dr. Mark Reed, and he's got about a million passions and a million things going in his life. Uh, so I'm really excited because I know a lot of the teen entrepreneurs that are listening uh, that want to make money, follow their passion, and just kind of discover who they are while thinking about some interesting philosophy things and entrepreneurship and sales. This guy's going to cover it all, so I'm really excited. However, I do have to give a shout-out to a couple of special friends who are listening. Um, I I don't know if anyone knows this, any of the listeners out there, but I play a lot of video games and I play them online. And I'm playing right now with two uh, young men who are really awesome, who make me laugh and keep me motivated uh, to be a good person and to kick butt in the video games. So I just want to give a shout out to their nicknames. These are not their real names, Destroyer and Dragon. So guys, if you're listening, thanks for tuning in and thank you for uh, being my friend online. (laughs) All right. And now back to the show. (laughs) Hi. um, I just want to welcome everyone to Dr. Mark Reed, PhD. Hi, Mark. Welcome. Hi, thank you. Thanks for joining us. I've I went over your resume and all the bio notes you sent me and you're you seem to have accomplished so much and have done some really unique things. So I think our listeners are really gonna enjoy this show. So I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to do this for us. Sure. Um so I kinda just thank you. <laughs> I kinda just wanted to um I mean, Mark, Mark, sorry, can I just, where are you? It sounds like you're in a war zone there. Oh, me? Yeah, there's an ambulance going outside. Oh, is, oh, is that you? Oh, there you yeah. go. Yeah, no, that's that's probably my house. It can be a war zone sometimes. <laughs> just checking to make sure everyone's safe, that's all. Yeah, no, it's an ambulance <laughs> went right by my place. Um, yeah, so, Mark, I was, you've, you've done so much. I mean, you've done sales, you've been an entrepreneur, you've, you tackle problem-solving, leadership, critical thinking, you're a vegan, you're an animal rights activist, you're so passionate about everything. So can you just give everyone a little bit of your background and tell people kind of who you are? Uh, sure. Um, I don't know if I can I can uh, fill the shoes that you've portrayed, but um, but I'll, I'll tell you about myself and my passions. Um, my number one passion is actually animals and understanding and connecting to different uh, animal species, um, especially intelligent social mammals such as dolphins and whales. And uh, I kayak with. Uh, pods of wild dolphins, um, any chance I have, uh, in Virginia Beach, where, where I grew up, and I, when I visit my parents. And uh, I just feel this connection with, with dolphins. I feel that I understand their sort of mindset and, and, uh, and have a knack with sort of connecting with them. Um, one time, um, 
this kayaker said, how do you get them to come so close to your kayak? And I said, oh, well, I've been doing this, you know, uh, for a few summers. And she said, well, I've been doing this for 12 years, but they've never come near me. And I don't know, people people's, uh, started calling me the dolphin whisperer, who you know about um, how I kayak with them. But I really want to do that with um, Orca in near Seattle. And that's, that's like my main passion, but I did not do that because the main pioneer researcher happened to die six months before I graduated from college. And so instead I went to um, graduate school in philosophy. And my dissertation is actually partly about Orca. So in some ways I still uh, research them, just not actively in the water. Um, I've always been an entrepreneur. I started selling things that my grandfather had made door to door when I was 12. And then I had a deck building business when I was 19. Um, I didn't make much money though, because I couldn't convince people that I could actually build a deck. Um, I knew I could, and I had built one when I was 13, but I just couldn't convince people. Then I switched to, um, Reads Mobile Shine, which is like a detailing uh, company, and I would detail people's car and go to their workplace to do it so it was more convenient. And then I had a t-shirt tie-dye company in uh, college where I'd sell, you know, new incoming students or at the beginning of the year. That was very um, successful. And let's see. But then in graduate school... You don't really have time for that, so I didn't really have any businesses then. And and then I was a college professor in philosophy until five years ago. There's just no job market, so after six years of doing that, I uh, was going to become an engineer, but then I didn't want to stay in school. So then I just started in the corporate world only to come to realize that I want to be an entrepreneur and I should never have uh, questioned my entrepreneur um, abilities. And so then I'm back to doing that. I'm actually doing a few things and I'm going to see which one works um, the best. So that's pretty much my life in a nutshell. Very cool. You've done a lot. May I ask how old you are, Mark? Because you look very young in your pictures on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, That's what people say. Well, I... People guess my age um, about 10 years younger than I am, and I, I believe that's because of, um, mostly because of my vegan diet. I've been mm. vegan for thir- uh, 14 years, and, and then I was vegetarian for six years before that. And, and you know, there's, it's pretty, they pretty much know now that uh, a vegan diet, you're not consuming what are called AGE um, enzymes, which are uh, 10 to 20 times more concentrated in proteins from animals than plants. So uh, those cause the aging, they greatly accelerate aging. So I would attribute it to that. I'm 47. That's, well, you still, yeah, you still do look a lot younger than that. And But even for 47, you've accomplished a ton of unique things in your life. And I'm I'm kind of glad that you've circled back to entrepreneurship because that's what our show is about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so when I was, when I was an undergrad, what I know about the empirical research that uh, about entrepreneurship, the only difference that exists between 
an entrepreneur and the rest of society is the desire to succeed. It's not intelligence. It's not emotional intelligence. It's not, you know, um, it's not, it's the only difference that they've been able to find is desire to succeed, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. It could just be like a level of passion, maybe. I don't know. Mm, For sure. Well, I mean, have you, okay, so since you've done so many things and you've um, gone through so many different phases in your life, how do you maintain Mm -hmm. that level of passion or has it dipped at certain times and you've had to kind of find it again? Because I know there's a lot of our listeners out there that uh, kind of struggle with finding something that they love and and, uh, when when they fail at it or they feel like it's not going well, they sometimes kind of give up a little bit. So how do you maintain that? Yeah, so um, it's it's an it's an art that you get better at um, if you want to, and there have been, of course there's been times when my passion has dipped, and ultimately you know I've had depression at times, um, but I've always sort of declared um, war on depression by being proactive and everything because I just see it as such a waste to spend. Your, any of your life depressed. But what allows me to keep my passion going is freedom. If you have freedom, then you have the ability. I mean, when you get in a situation where you don't feel free, no matter what you do, you, you lose or you suffer consequences like in a damaged, abusive relationship or where a boss is, you know, aggressive every day at you or, um, you know, whatever it is, uh, you, you get learned helplessness at the very worst case. But in mild cases, it just takes your feeling that you're free away. And what I've learned is, so I heard gurus, you know, starting maybe 20 years ago, say, you should just do what you love and forget about money. And I would just think, well, that's a great idea, but that's just not realistic. I mean, you, you know, you got to make enough money so you can survive and, you know, have a life and everything. But it turns out that I really think that that's, that's true. And you just have to learn to get the courage. You just got to get the courage somehow to decide to do that because if you don't, you're certain to fail because your passion will continually drop, right? But if you do what you love, you'll keep getting better at it and you'll be compensated. You know, like if your passion is art, then you should just do art, you know? So if your passion is art and you choose to do sales and you don't like it, what's going to happen? Well, you're going to have less every year. You're going to have measurable decrease in your happiness and your passion for sales because you're going to hate you and dislike it more and more until you, you know, go back. And then the idea that you're going to make money, make a lot of money and then switch to art. That's just not, generally that just doesn't work from my experience. 
Do you find that that's how um, most people live their lives is work, 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 and so they can retire and enjoy their lives? It's kind of what you're talking about, how you work and you save up your money and then you focus on art. That's kind of like how most people live their lives and then go into retirement. I just want you to think about that. We do have to go to break, uh, but when we come back, I'd love to delve more into how you found that work-life balance to have passion and still uh, pay the bills at the same time. So we'll be back in a couple minutes after this commercial break, everyone. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey you. Yeah you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. So, hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, Mark made a really good point uh, before the break about how people try and work really hard and save up their money and then try to pursue their passion. I know my parents did that. They worked very, very hard to buy their home, save up for their car, have a savings, and now they're traveling the world in their 60s and 70s and enjoying it. Uh, but some of us, unfortunately, don't get to live that long or don't have that opportunity to save up that kind of money because things do come up in life. So I'm curious about, Mark, what are your thoughts on um, work-life balance and being able to pursue your passions and making money at the same time? so that it's you're having the life of your dreams all the time <laughs> not just at the end of it sure so to connect the uh, previous question with this one um, I maintain my passion 
at least this is something for me personally. Uh, when I went into the like the real world from academia, I had job offers for nine to five jobs, a couple of them actually in cubicles, and I was dreading it. And then I got a phone call from the recruiter for uh, a company in sales where I could set my own hours and go about it my own way without someone overseeing what I'm doing. And I chose that option because I knew that's what I would be happiest doing. So for me personally, I, I need that kind of freedom. So I was not an entrepreneur at that point, but I still was making it as similar to being my own boss as I could. And so I need that sort of thing to have work life balance. Um, you know, if, if my child has a, a play or something, I want to be able to go to that without any sort of, I don't want to have to ask someone. I just make my own schedule. And if I don't feel like working someday, mm-hmm. that, that rarely happens. But if it does, I just, you know, I just don't work. I, I want to have that freedom all the time. But um, work-life balance is hard. I mean, I was a stay-at-home parent for like a year and a half. And then I went to the, you know, the workforce. And I was so connected with my children. It was like amazing. But then when I started working, I really felt this distance um, between them, like mentally and emotionally. Even though I would see them every day, it's just not the same if you're seeing them a lot every day. And that was really like sad to me, and it was not something I could prevent. Uh, so there's a real cost to working, and it would be great if we could only when I was when I was a youngster, I would always ask my dad why he had to work and I didn't understand. Like, it just made no sense. Like, I thought we should just work a little bit. You know, we, we figured everything out. You know, it's not like we're fighting against nature all the time, right? So why do we have to work? Um, and I think it would be really great if we worked less than we did as a society. And if you look at the, the regrets or wishes of the dying, the top five are, or include, I wish I would have worked less. Most people say that. They, you know, they say, I w- they wish they would have not been so hard on themselves or allowed themselves to be happy. And they say they wish they would have stayed in touch with friends. But that, I mean, I think that that's a really, I think when you're about to die, that's a great time to have some clarity, right? So I completely agree. Absolutely. But if it's something, it's something that you truly love, then I believe that's evolving your soul, developing mm-hmm. your spirit, who you mm-hmm. are. So if you pick an entrepreneur venture that's like an extension of you mm-hmm. and you work really hard, then I don't think that's the same thing as working for a corporation that doesn't give a crap about you as a person, yes. you know, I, giving your, giving all your time to something like that, 
that can just be a complete, you know, at the end of your life, that's what you would regret. But developing it, uh, something you believe in that's really going to help people or something, mm. I don't think that's something you're going to regret, even if you spent tons of time and energy in it. I agree. I'm actually really uh, curious to know what my thoughts will be at the end of my life because I've lived my life on the complete opposite spectrum of everyone else. I spend far too much time with friends. Far too much time doing things I love and that I'm passionate about. And so I'm wondering if at the end of my life I'm going to be like, damn, I wish I saved some more money or darn, I wish I did. You know, so I'm I'm curious. All these things people say that they regret when they were younger or not doing. So that's interesting that you brought that up. And I love that you brought up freedom twice um, because I never really thought about that. When I when I went into a sad time in my life, I, I never thought about the fact that I felt like I lost my freedom, like I was caged into an area and I couldn't do what I was happy about. So I like that you brought that up. I think Kevin's got a question. I see him putting his hand up on my little no, video. No, I, <laughs> no, I was just going to – I really like that when you're saying – you know, about regrets and stuff, Mark, because I've always mm-hmm. thought, you know, I've, I've, Brandy and I are the same way. We don't, we don't have a very orthodox lifestyle, do we? And kind of just go after what's in front of us and what we want. And, um, you know, I've, I've had a lot of people in my life, a lot of people that I look up to saying, you know, maybe it's time to just get a nine to five job or something. And I say, you know what, at least Doing what I'm doing, I'll never look back and say, what if? I'll never wonder if I would have tried what I really wanted to do. Or, you know, sometimes things don't work out and that's okay and you move on to to what you have to do. But um, at least I tried. And, you know, I did. I moved to L.A. For, for acting when I was 18 or 19 and people thought that was a silly career move. <laughs> but I ended up, um, you know, producing a a movie and everything and it was the greatest adventure so i love what you're saying yeah and and i never wondered what if i would have tried and now i can move on to something else that's okay that's great so we're, we're, I mean, Mark, there's so many things that I want to talk to you about, uh, all the sales and entrepreneurship and kind of some of, I'd like to go back to when you were in college or before you were in college and the t-shirt business that you talked about, the t- tie-dye t-shirt. But I, I, I think we're kind of touching on philosophy right now. So I'd love to kind of go back to that because you talked about teaching philosophy and that there's no real job market anymore for philosophy. And I know the world is changing a bit. Can you touch on that, what that was like being a philosopher, teaching it and where you think there's a place for it in the world still today? And if we're valuing it as much as we did before? Um, well, I think the overall value, valuing of philosophy in society is, it may not have changed in general. I mean, the philosophers were hated in its origin when Socrates uh, invented it, at least in the Western, the Western world version of it. Uh, he was put to death for practicing philosophy, essentially. And, but he was powerful enough in his uh, passion and his ideas to motivate Plato, his student, who, whose student was Aristotle, whose student was Alexander the Great, and then Aristotle, Aristotelian philosophy and academia was you know, cast as scholasticism and lasted for more than 2,000 years in the Western world. So, you know, it 
a lot of people can dislike philosophy, and it can nevertheless be very powerful and important. And it's given rise to psychology, linguistics, basically every discipline. And nevertheless, people today, including, you know, many of all the students that I taught, um, you know, dislike it or don't understand it or, you know, criticize it uh, without knowing what they're criticizing. But you asked what, it's, what it was like to be a philosopher. Well, I'll always be a philosopher, and I always was a philosopher. I was asking, I was, you know, contemplating death when I was four years old, and I couldn't sleep one night. And then when I was seven, I grasped the absurd, and I saw no meaning. I realized there's no inherent meaning in anything we do. Um, and then, you know, then I had the existential crisis when I was 17, and I took philosophy my sophomore year, and I didn't know really what philosophy was. Um, but I learned that I really did know. I just was a philosopher my whole life. And my colleagues always wanted to make philosophy, you know, more refined and think of it in terms of, like, it, the theories and, you know, say students don't know what it is, but that's just wrong. And on the first day of class, I would prove to every student in my class on the first day that they are already philosophers and have been since they were young, because I would have them come up with examples of memories that they had where they were asking philosophical questions. And then I would always teach philosophy as the art of living or, you know, so it's continuous with their lives and connect issues in philosophy directly with their lives. If, if I couldn't do that, I didn't feel like I was doing anything important. So I was the opposite of like a super like highfalutin or haughty kind of, you know, white tower philosopher. I brought it to down to everybody because it's possible to do that. And I believe that we should. Um, but unfortunately, the, the, discipline of philosophy is uh, underappreciated and it's only taught in college. I had no interest in, in school. I just was doing it because, you know, society said you, sh you had to and I knew that it would help me uh, at least have the means to get a job and everything. But I really didn't like school in elementary school or high school. Once I had philosophy and psychology in college, then it was my passion. But they've done studies. They've, they've, the philosoph this philosophy um, organization in South London gave classes um, like one hour a day or something to um, groups of students or classes in elementary school, and, they, and then they tested them two years later with control groups not getting philosophy, and the ones that got philosophy um, had higher IQs, they had more students that were succeeding um, at a high level, they had fewer dropouts, they had fewer failures to thrive, and I really believe that we should teach philosophy more. It's just people find it too threatening for the same reasons that they did in ancient Greece. Uh, people don't want it messing with their religion and so on. But it's really just a method, and it's really just a way to understand yourself 
and a well, way to ask questions. For sure. I, and I think that's what a lot of our listeners are struggling with as a way to kind of figure out what's going on inside us and where we are in life. Well, we have to go to another commercial break, but when we come back, I'd love to delve a little bit more into that. Thanks, Mark. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at 1-855-866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste and freshly delivers to my home and my office so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned in to Teen Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to brandy at globalteenwealth.com. That's brandy with an I at globalteenwealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, we're talking to Dr. Mark Reed today about everything from sales and entrepreneurship to critical thinking and philosophy. And just before the break, if you uh, hadn't been with us yet, we're kind of talking about how philosophy, um, we're getting a little bit away from it in terms of a lot of people aren't studying it as much as maybe they did before, but it still plays quite a vital role for a lot of us uh, when considering how to live our lives and where we're going. And Mark brought up something really interesting on the break, and he works a lot with women and talks about feminism. And I have a very kind of I think a skewed vision of feminism just because some of my friends have been very they've kind of gone almost completely feminist and they just don't it's, it's very irrational some of the things that they say to me so I'm, I'm really curious I need to really study this because I am a female and I'm a strong female uh, personality and so I think I, I need to learn a little bit more and be educated a little bit more about what feminism is and how that plays a role in my life so Mark could you tell us kind of how you work with that? 
Sure. So, you know, apart from labels and societal um, stereotypes and and certain misconceptions or views people have of certain people under certain labels and all of that, um, I just say that I would just describe it as I'm highly respectful of of women and always have been. I don't really understand um, all of why I'm that way, but I have a sister who's two years older and she, she, you know, she, just like, you know, brother and sisters would, she would, she would sometimes hit me or kick me or something if she got frustrated, but I would never retaliate. And so I, we had families, you know, with children that were about our age and they would fight, but I just, I would never, I would never hit a woman. Like I've never, I just, I don't see that as something that's an option for a man unless it's self-defense. Um, you know, just because you're angry, that doesn't mean that you can um, hit someone or hurt someone. Um, and that's an absolute when it comes to females for me. And it's, I've just always been that way. Um, but the way that the majority of men view women is, is I just have a problem with it. And there are a lot of men that are you know, respectful of, of women, um, certainly. But I think that people do not appreciate the extent to which in society negative views are allowed to continue or, you know, unhelpful or unhealthy views uh, that men have of women. Um, and, and the detriment is to everyone. It's not to women. If you look at societies or countries where there's the greatest um, difference between the rights of men and the rights of women, those countries are the worst off and they're the most violent and they want to go to war the most easily. Uh, the countries that are the most, um, have the greatest equality are the most open and the most free and both men and women are the happiest. So I think there's a huge, you know, it's very important that we have this equality um, and keep working towards equality. And I, I think feminism is just the attitude of working towards equality uh, between men and women until men and women are equal. And who would disagree with that? So I, I really like everyone's the really a feminist. I, yeah, I, I'm liking some of the points you're making, especially how you brought up around the world, like different countries that have more of a female-male balance and things like that. I'm ooh, just threw my pen across the room. Sorry. So excited about what you were talking about. Yeah, I really like that you brought that up because I've, I've traveled to 22 different and lived in 15 different countries and spent a lot of time and I was in a couple of countries that were very male forward and it was quite interesting I'm 6 foot tall, 200 pounds red head with curly hair I don't really find a lot of uh, male look at me in a different way uh, so I can kind of stand my ground but I see it with some of my girlfriends who are petite little 5 foot 4, 5 foot 6 blondes when we travel how they're treated very differently And but I also think that we need to have a huge focus on how we raise our males. I mean, there's a documentary yes, that just came out a couple absolutely. years ago 
but they said that the most horrible thing that we can say to our, our, our young boys is be a man. And I completely agree with that because how are you supposed to uh, show your feelings and overcome your emotions and when you're depressed or sad or, or angry and all you know is to hit or kick or scream or yell? How are you supposed to know that's not right continued through your life? And so I, I think as much as we need to focus on feminism and bringing females into the forefront and having mm-hmm. more of a softer yin-yang balance between masculine and feminine energy for everything in the world, including business. I also think we really need to focus on our young men because our young men are the ones being left behind. Everybody's pro-women right now. And it's, I have a lot of buddies that all grew up in a single parent home uh, with their mothers and they never really got a, a good, strong, great male figure. And that's why I love programs like Big Brothers, because I think if you have a great older male that teaches you the right things and how to love and how to sh- spread your emotions and share your fears and things like that, uh, it really helps. So I think that us all as a world, we need to take care of our youth better. We need to be better leaders and better models and that's why we do this radio show we need to show young women that they're strong and beautiful no matter what they want to do and what they look like and who they are they're strong and beautiful we need to show our men that it's okay to say hey i'm i suck today today's not good for me i'm i'm weak i'm not perfect they can still be men they can still build the house and carry the garbage out if they need to but they still need to be able to sit and sit with their wife and just say hey you know i'm i'm really not feeling great today and and that should be an okay and accepted thing so i love that you brought that up that's a that's a huge philosophy of mine is that we just need to take care of our youth way better and that's why we do this radio show yeah Uh, yeah that those are all great points um, so I kind of wanted to go back to your youth a little bit because we're coming, we only have about 15 minutes left before the end of the show. Um, what was, when you were before college and before all these big dreams and aspirations and all this entrepreneurship that you dived into, um, what what were your self-esteem issues or struggles? Did you have any and how did you overcome those? Self-esteem, like, uh, well, I was, so I was a, like a sweetie pie, um, everyone says, when when I was in elementary school and I would I was just very eager to please and cooperative and I was you know, I could be quiet and I could sit still and everything. But I actually have I've had ADHD and it just went undiagnosed and um I didn't really I didn't I wasn't diagnosed with it until I was in my sec, my first year of graduate school, and uh, but you know I I couldn't read because I couldn't concentrate on the passage. It was you know I was so boring and uh, unless it was about science. Um, but then I was like in the top top level in math and science. Um, but and I was always I always was you know I always had a a girlfriend starting from age six until 15. And then I decided I didn't want to date. I wanted to just focus on basketball for four years. Um, but I mean, okay. So I was, I was a sweetie pie until I hit adolescence. And once I hit adolescence, I was just like a juvenile delinquent. I just never got caught. I never would hurt anybody. I would never do anything like to harm someone, but um, just doing all kinds of stuff. And I, it's kind of a normative, as far as I know, um, for you know juvenile males. But once I could drive, all that stuff involved stuff doing stuff you know 
driving or with a car. But, uh, yeah, I just, I just, um, I don't know. It's, it's a tough question because I think we're so different now from when we were then that it's hard to kind of remember exactly what my self-esteem issues were. For sure. For sure. I just, I mean, the 97% of the reason why I do teen wealth and, and work hard every day to make this nonprofit work to help other young people is because um, I watched my brother really struggle and my parents struggle. And then my own self-worth go down so much as a teenager because I couldn't heal my brother of his depression, and anxiety, and I couldn't heal my parents when they were really struggling to take care of my brother and raise me as a teenager as well. And, and so uh, that's like 97% of my reason that that I had low self-worth is because I just, I, I really, I love taking care of people and I love helping people. And the fact that I couldn't help the three people closest to me really made mm-hmm. myself go down and my self-esteem go down. Mm-hmm. I think the other 3% right. was the bullies in school because I was six foot tall, 200 pounds since I was like 13 with the curly red hair. And I hated my body back then. And I love it now, which is funny because it's the exact same body I've had since I was a kid. But I think a lot of those things affected my decisions in life and who I've become. So that's why I was asking, just kind of wondering if you, uh, yeah. If any well, of that, that you know, you put it in that perspective. That makes me uh, realize my, my issues were um, that I had seasonal affective disorder, so I would get depressed in the, in the winters, right, when I would play basketball, and that was frustrating. And I was depressed, and both my parents are in mental health. My dad's a psychiatrist. My mom's a social worker, and they've been married for 52 years, and they're in private practice together, like just them. And they're great. You know, they got a waiting list, and they're never... They never, they don't even like accept HMO payments, you know, like they're just really good. And yet I was depressed, you know, it's like the, the dentist with children with bad teeth, right? Um, like, so I was depressed and they didn't know how to help me because I didn't want anyone to help me because I didn't think anything was wrong. And yet I was depressed for like three years before I went to, um, college. So I can, I can relate to some of those uh, familial issues. Mm. I'm, I'm. Thank you for that. I, I, I just, I bring that up with every guest, no matter who they are, or where they've come from, because I think our youth are out there going, I don't like how I look, or I don't like how I feel right now, or I'm struggling with where I am in life, and they think that they can't achieve some of the amazing things uh, that a lot of our guests have achieved. And I just want them to see that we all have struggles, we all go through yeah. family issues or, or times of depression. So thank you for uh, allowing me to ask you that question. We do have to run to break, uh, but when we do come back, uh, I've got a few more questions for you before we wrap up the show. Thanks. See you in a minute, everyone. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Hey, you. Yeah, you. Are you tired of people asking you what you want to be when you grow up? Well, we can help. What if we gave you the money to start your own business? All you have to do is join the Teen Wealth Club. Even if you have no idea what you want to do, we can help you have the life of your dreams and play by your own rules. We are real, real people who believe that your life can be whatever you want it to be. And we know it works because we have hundreds of other teens just like you who are doing it right now. Check out GlobalTeenWealth.org and start the life of your dreams today. Don't forget to mention Teen Wealth Radio and we'll send you a free gift when you join. Or you can call us at one 855 
866-TEEN. That's 1-855-866-8336. GlobalTeenWealth.org. We're here to get you started on your future. I'm busy and so is my family. Leftover pizza and unhealthy takeout isn't really doing it for us anymore. Just ask my bathroom scale. That all changed when I found Freshly. For less than $10 a meal, Freshly delivers six meals a week, always fresh, never frozen, prepared by top chefs and nutritionists using the best, freshest, gluten-free ingredients. The best part is the menu is always new and fresh, just like the food, and it only takes three minutes for me to prepare breakfast, lunch, or dinner, and there's no messy cleanup and no dishes. My family loves the choices and the taste, and Freshly delivers to my home and my office, so I eat healthy all day, every day. If you're tired of the same old cardboard delivery and takeout, try out Freshly.com today and save $20 on your first order using coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. Your taste buds and your scale will thank you. So save 20 bucks today with coupon code VAH639 at Freshly.com. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to Team Wealth Radio. To join in the conversation, send an email to Brandy at GlobalTeenWealth.com. That's Brandy with an I at GlobalTeenWealth.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, If you're just tuning in to us, we've been talking to Dr. Mark Reed, an interesting gentleman who's done a lot of different entrepreneurship stuff in his life and who uh, fights for feminism, is a vegan, has traveled, has kayaked with dolphins and orcas, is passionate about a whole lot of things, and is doing his best to be a great father uh, that raises his kids with the right uh, values and finding their passion in life. So we're happy to have him on the show. Mark, could you give everyone your social media handles if they've been paying attention to the show and they might want to be able to follow you? Could you just let them know how to find you on on social media sure uh so it's facebook.com forward slash buddha dot vegan b-u-d-d-h-a dot v-e-g-a-n um and then um linkedin is just mark dot read mark.d.read and let's see I'm not on Twitter much but it's uh, philosophy mark I believe Okay, perfect. And and if anyone ever needs to uh, contact Mark, you can always just email us at brandy with an I at globalteamwealth.com and I can pass on all of his social media links and uh, email contacts to him as well. So thank you, Mark. Um, so before the break, we uh, were talking a little about philosophy, self-esteem, how we got to where we are. So I have a couple last questions before you before we finish up the show today. Um, we were kind of laughing a little bit and there's that expression, nothing is certain but death and taxes. And some people say, well, you don't even have to pay taxes. So nothing is really certain but death so we only have a short amount of time on this earth we have to find a great work-life balance we have to figure out or create who we are um how as a father are you sharing this with your kids and and passing on some of your life knowledge and and what other life knowledge could you possibly pass on to some of our youth and parents that are out there listening as well on how you're raising your kids with that kind of mindset that life is short we better enjoy it and do what we can with that time sure um okay so well, first of all, I say don't take it 
don't take it so seriously because nobody gets out of here alive. That's just a joke, but... <laughs> oh, goodness. Yeah, so don't take it too seriously, first of all. I mean, that can just backfire anyway. And humor is so important. I think humor, without humor, I don't think I'd want to live. And I want to do stand-up, I want to do stand-up comedy because that's the only thing that I could ever get nervous about because I used to be terrified of public speaking, but, you know, I was like more afraid of that than death. But now, just to show you that you can overcome that, now I could, and someone did this, someone said, can you, can you present about such and such? Uh, and so I gave this presentation. I had 10 minutes to prepare, and it was a five-minute presentation to, like, like thousands of people or at least, you know, at least a thousand people. And I didn't even get, I didn't even get nervous. Okay. So, but the notion of doing stand up still makes me nervous. And so I want to, I want to do that. And I'm doing that before my next birthday and that'll be fun. So I, you got to do three minutes and I've got the material. I just got to get confident in myself that it's funny. Um, are you testing but, uh, it out on your kids, or or how are you? How are you kind of? They think testing? I'm not like I'll do it, and they'll be they'll just not they just don't laugh. They just look at me like very seriously and go, okay, okay, dad. So yeah, you maybe so find some like strangers. They're like the hardest audience I could ever have, right? Mm-hmm. So if I can mm-hmm. if I can do it for three minutes under them, like for them, then I think I'm good, which is kind of funny. Absolutely. <laughs> well, I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing about that experience because I am petrified of speaking on stage, and yet that's what I do most often. Um, I oh, was yeah. actually offered a chance to do a TED Talk last year, and I turned it down because I was so nervous. And it's probably the stupidest move I've ever made in my life. I because you get like hundreds of thousands of hits on that on YouTube, and and I could have probably gotten a ton of donations out of that for the nonprofit. But I hate it. I I I'm so afraid of being on stage. It makes me very nauseous. I actually have a Toastmaster meeting tonight after this just to get over that so I love that you're attempting something that most people fear because they say that the number one fear is public speaking so that means more people would rather be in the grave than giving the eulogy at a funeral and I just think that's kind of bizarre how, how, how that is and what that says about human beings that's funny we have, yeah <laughs> we only have three minutes left before we uh, end the show today so why do you do what you do and um, yeah just, just why do you do what you do and, and what makes you tick before uh, we lose you for the show and thank you once again for joining us uh, why do I do what I do? Because it's what it's because I believe. Um, I mean, based on whatever choice I've made for for doing that, it's because I believe that it's the best optimized. Um, I've, I have the best chances of improving the lives of others and myself. Um, it has to be improve the lives of other others, or I wouldn't do it. Uh, and do you have the, do you have you have you ever heard like your mom or aunt or your grandma say, always make sure you leave the kitchen uh, cleaner than you found it. Yes, yes, my father always says that. So the way I live my life, like, is in any significant interaction with any sentient creature, a human or an animal, I always aim to improve like to leave their life better than I found it. 
because if I can't do that, then I shouldn't be interacting with them at all. Mm. Uh, so I, I'm like you, I, oh, like my motive is to help people. And that's what gives me like the greatest, I mean, I still have to develop myself and everything and, you know, develop relationships with Orca and philosophy, you know, develop philosophy. But that's my real motive is to help people and to connect with people and animals. Mm. So that's why I do what I do. That's awesome. Um, and, and, okay, we still have about two minutes left. So just, just let me know. We, at the very beginning of the show, we started to, uh, talking about how you have been dubbed the uh, dolphin whisperer. And I, I love that because I love the water and I fish all the time. Um, what Could you tell us very quickly, because we only have one minute left, what your neatest experience being out on a kayak with uh, wildlife is was? Sure. So, so the neatest experience was when the do- a wild dolphin who lives in the Atlantic Ocean and apparently likes Virginia Beach sometimes, that I've named Buddy, just because I called him that, fa- like saw me from 100 yards away and started coming at me and signaling and, and, and vocalizing, like right to me. And I was, I was like, I couldn't believe it was happening because he saw me and he wanted to come and say hi. And he came all the way right to my, my kayak and it's on, you know, if you, you can see it on my uh, Facebook. There's a video of it and it, it just made me like break down in, in tears when I, not at the moment, but like for weeks after, whenever I would remember that it would just, because it's like 30 years of evolution separating us and he sees me and he has a sense that, you know, I'm, 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 I'm beneficent. I'm not going to hurt him. And he comes to see me like it just blew me away. Mm. That's that's pretty amazing. I think that's I think we all we all watch those really beautiful videos of the animals and wildlife, and and we all kind of get that tingling in our hearts. So thank you for sharing that. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, if anyone sure. wants more thank information you. about yeah, thank you so much. If anyone wants more information about Mark, uh, just hit me up on uh, Global Team Wealth on Facebook or Team Wealth on on Instagram or Twitter, and we'll be happy to share Mark's information. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks to producer A-Rod. Thanks to my uh, friends, Destroy and Dragon, out there listening. Have a great week, and I'll same time, same place next Monday, everyone. Thanks for being part of Teen Wealth Radio. Please join your host, Brandy England, her guests, and panel of experts again next Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an awesome week, and we'll see you here for the next show. 